a very uh, his his last name is a very popular name in Georgia because we have we have five or six pastors that are related to this man. And so anyway, they came to church, and she she told me that uh, the first service she was there, she said, "I just got a lot of questions." And I said, "Well, I'm I'm flying out in the morning to go preach somewhere, and I, I'm sorry, I I won't have time." To, to sit down and talk with you. But I want to give you a book. I gave her this book. Her questions were about the Godhead. So I gave her this book, and I said, I'll be back in two weeks. And when I get back, uh, I'll come over to your house. We'll sit down. I'll answer any questions you have and try to explain what we believe and what the Bible teaches about the Godhead. She read the book. I got to their house in two weeks. Went over, sat down, and I said, "I'm here to uh, I'm here to answer questions." And she said, "I don't have any questions." She said, uh, "If I'd have known it was that simple, I would have believed that a long time ago." And and she said, "I I have one thing I want to ask. I want to know when you can baptize me in Jesus' name." I said, just as quick as we can get the water in the tank. And so we baptized her. And the family had told me, said, now he'll come right in. He'll get the Holy Ghost. He'll, he'll do good. But now she's gonna, she is just not going to do good. She's gonna fight this. She was the first one to get baptized. First one to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. And so I want to tell you, there's nothing like the Word of God. So I, I brought a few of these. I don't have many uh, because of space. I, I did bring a few of those books. They sell for $10. And then I have a, um, uh, a piano CD. This is, this is old songs. I don't know anything but old stuff. And uh, so this is, this is called Piano Worship, and it is just a... Uh, a compilation of old hymns of the church uh, for like prayer time. Slow, it's all slow and uh, all slow music, and it's it's just piano music. And so they sell for fifteen. If you buy both, you can get them for twenty. Now I don't have anything but American money, so if you need change, I know that's I, I know that is a uh, how, how that is, how can I say what that is to give you American money. It used to be worth a lot more than what it is. I don't know how else to say it, but it's not worth a whole lot. But I can give you some change if you need some change. And if you've never had an American uh, dollar or whatever, you, you can walk away and say you have one. I went to Israel some time back, and someone had given me a $3 bill. We don't have $3 bills in America. They had given me a $3 bill that was totally worthless. It had Bill Clinton's picture on it. That's not what made it worthless, but it was worthless. And and so I went to Israel, and uh, we were at the Dead Sea, and I had I had nothing but traveler's checks, and I had not cashed one that morning, and all I had was that worthless three dollar Bill Clinton bill, and I wanted two ice creams. And I walked up to the little ice cream stand, and he told me the price. I said, I, I don't have it. All I have is this $3 bill. I said, now, it's not worth anything, 
But it has Bill Clinton's picture on it. And he looked at that and he said, Bill Clinton. He said, deal. I got two ice creams for a worthless $3 bill. So if you need change, I'll give you some worthless American money. And uh, uh, so anyway, it is such a thrill to be here. And it was, uh, I appreciate the response last night to the Word of God. And I believe God is taking us somewhere in this Launch Your Ministry conference. And I believe that every person in this building is a potential minister. Not necessarily a preacher, but a potential involved person in ministry. We all are called of God. And I will tell you, He did not save you to just put an imprint on the seat that you're in. He saved you to make a difference. He brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light that you would show forth His praises. You are called with a purpose. Every one of us in this building has a purpose. An anointing that is waiting for you that no one else can fill. No one else can do your job. God wants you. That's why He saved you. That's why you spoke in other tongues. That's why you wear the name of Jesus. Well, praise God. Because God's got a job for you. God's got something that He wants you to do. Now, I understand the frustration sometimes of knowing, feeling, sensing, realizing the call of God. The desire of God. Now here is the perfect situation. When man aligns himself with the call of God and fulfills what God wants from his life, that is the perfect situation. You will never have real joy. You will never have real peace. You will never have real happiness until you align yourself with the perfect, full plan of God for your life. But when you align yourself with God's will for your life, nothing can detour you, nothing can delay you, and nothing can distract you. Because you know you have a purpose. You know you are called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. And God has got a job, a responsibility, a ministry with your name on it. And He wants to use you. This morning I want to preach for the next few minutes about being, reaching our potential. We, we sometimes we we go so far, and then we back away. We, we go to a barrier, and we back away. We, we make it so far, 
And we can't seem to go beyond. We can't seem to ever cross over that invisible line. We make it so far to the end of the rope. And it seems that we cannot go beyond. Whatever those limitations are, we cannot break that barrier. And I'm preaching to you today. Because you can go beyond. You can reach further than where you are. Acts chapter 9, verse number 32. If you would stand with me. And I want to read just a couple of verses of Scripture. Acts chapter 9 and verse number 32. And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters... He came down also to the saints which dwell at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. Verse 33. When I read this scripture and this jumped out at me, I don't know how to explain it other than it just it just jumped out at me. Four little words in that verse, verse 33. And he was, and these are the words, sick of the palsy. I want to preach to us this morning. Sick Sick, sick of the palsy. I wonder if there's anybody in this place that just might be sick of it. And you're ready for something just a little different. You're ready for a change. You're ready to move up the ladder. You're ready to accept the call. You're ready to go all the way with Jesus. You're ready to do what He wants you to do. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Bishop Neal, would you pray and ask the Lord to help us right now? My God, my God. Reveal your heart to speak to us today. Anoint your servant. Open our hearts. Our understanding for us. And move us in direction of change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Amen, amen. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. This story that is recorded in Acts chapter 9, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, or actually he came down to visit the saints. He had been on a journey. This was something that 
No doubt periodically he did. He visited the churches. He, he visited the saints. He, he would go and check on folk and just see how they were doing in the work of God. And he found a certain man. No doubt he made sick calls or visited folks that were under the weather or struggling with certain kinds of sickness and were unable to maybe attend service as a lot of pastors do. They they make a call and visit someone when they get down and they can maybe not make it to service and they go and try to encourage them. This no doubt was what uh, Peter was doing. And he found a certain man named Aeneas. And this man was bedridden. The scripture says, and he kept his bed for eight years. He was not in a public place, but he was keeping his bed at home. Peter told him, and notice what he told him. Whenever he spoke to him the word of faith, he did not say, Take up thy bed. As is recorded in other places, he said, I want you to make thy bed. I want you to make it up. You're not going to need it for a while. I want you to make it up. I want you to pull the sheets up. I, I want you to pull the quilt up. I want you to fluff up the pillow because there's no need to take it with you. Because when you walk away, you are going to be changed. Praise God. You don't need to take your bed this morning. You can make it up. You can make it up for one final time. Because today is the beginning of a brand new life for you in Jesus Christ. Well, let's clap our hands and shout hallelujah to the Lord. And the unique thing about this is he was sick. He was sick of the palsy. The length of his sickness had deemed his sickness as incurable. You will never be better, sir, was no doubt what the doctors had said, if there was such a thing in those days. You are incurable. It will never be any different for you. Now, I don't know in this country, but we have professionals that make a living telling people that it will never change. It will never get any better. You might as well learn to live with your struggle. And learn to live with your problem. Because it's never going to get any better. There will never be any deliverance. There will never be any real change in your life. Just sort of get used to it. You've got a bed made. Why don't you just keep it? Because you're going to need it for the rest of your life. Well, I want to tell you, when you meet Jesus... Well, praise God, when you come head on with a Savior and you are filled with His Spirit inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of getting to heaven.
heaven. I want you to know there's something that changes for us. It changes at an altar of repentance. It changes at water baptism in Jesus' name. It changes when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So we have professionals that tell you learn to manage what's holding you back. This man was sick of the palsy. Jesus usually picked those that had incurable diseases, that had fretting problems that never seemed to go away. He paid special attention to those that were sick, that there was no hope of ever getting any better. In other words, he looked for people that were sort of sick and tired of their sickness or their barriers or their problems. I want you to know this morning, until you get sick and tired of what's holding you back, it won't change. But when you get ready for a change, I'm telling you, there's a miracle coming down your dusty road. There's a promise for you. God wants to take you higher in Him. This terrible disease called palsy, actually is defined as paralysis or a lack of sensitivity, the loss of sensation or the power of motion or both in any part of the body. The paralytic shock that affects the whole body, affecting the whole system, from the neck down. The contraction of the muscles in the whole body or in a certain part of the body. This was a very dangerous disease and was often fatal. The part affected by palsy often remained immovable, and it would diminish in size and actually dry up. Matthew chapter 12 tells us the story of a man with a withered hand. What had happened is this paralysis or palsy had set in. He lost sensitivity the sense of touch in his hand. And because of the attack of the paralysis, his hand actually drew up and withered. You may have seen people that have suffered such things as strokes, and they are affected on a certain side of their body, and they may have a drawn up or a withered hand. It often started with just a simple cramp. The most dreadful disease started with chills and fever in the night 
and the limbs would remain immovably fixed in the same position as when this person was seized with this paralysis or palsy. The person actually seems like one suffering torture. And it frequently resulted in Bible days in death in just a few days. People today can have spiritual palsy. They can lose a sensitivity. They can lose their ability to sense when God is in the house. They can lose their ability to sense God in their worship. They can become so accustomed to the things of God that they raise their hand and close their eyes and worship Him with their lips and with their hands and with their feet, but their hearts are far from Him. We can become so desensitized by life itself that worship does not affect us. We no longer have hot tears running down our cheeks when our hands are raised and our lips are trembling as we speak in other tongues. It loses its sensitivity. We can lose our sensitivity to the things of God. And we can have spiritual palsy. We sometimes can become like Jacob. God was in this place and I knew it not. He was here, but I didn't recognize Him. I did not sense Him in the room. We can go through the motions and have no change and see no difference and we remain paralyzed. We remain stiff. We remain immovable. I have preached to people, as your pastor has, for years, that seem to never change. Same struggles they had ten years ago. Same battles they're still fighting that they were fighting ten years ago. There's no victory in their life. There's no overcoming power. They run to the wall and the wall stops them and they cannot get beyond. They cannot seem to cross over. There is an invisible line in the sand that they cannot seem to conquer and they cannot seem to go further with. And they halt. They halt. And they lose their sensitivity to the presence of God. They become insensitive to their sin. They no longer feel conviction about their sin, about their lifestyle, about what they are doing. They are unchallenged in their heart. They go forward day after day after day and there is no spiritual challenge. There is no spiritual change. It just remains the same. They're unmoved by their lack of involvement in some form 
of identifiable ministry. One man was at church one day. It happened to be an Easter Sunday. The pastor was at the door and he was shaking hands and greeting everyone after the service. And he said to this man, he said, you know, brother, he said, don't you think it's about time that you got involved in the army of the Lord? He said, I only see you at Easter and Christmas. And he said, oh, pastor, I am in the army. And he said, are you? He said, well, would you please tell me what branch of the service you're in? He said, I'm in the secret service. Some people in their walk with God are undercover Christians. They're not wanting anybody on their job to know where their allegiance is. They don't want to be identified as one of them. One of those called. One of those that are chosen. And we go through the motions and we have lost our sensitivity to the drawing and the pulling and the challenge of the Holy Ghost in our lives. And we lose our sensitivity. We become spiritually stuck. We become paralyzed. I can't go any further. Stuck in our habits. Stuck in our lack of spiritual productivity. Or we're comfortable with what we are producing. And we're not too concerned about what the future holds. Thrilled me today to see these young people up here. And that one little girl over here on the end, the fluffy one, and she just clapping her hands. And I don't, I saw her last night. I want to tell you, she got my attention. She just cute as a little button and clapping her hands. She didn't know the words, wasn't doing no singing, but she was clapping her hands. Didn't matter what other beat others were on. She had her own beat. It thrills me. To see young people, children, and teenagers that are involving themselves in the things of God. Keep them that way. But we can become so insensitive and become, we, we become satisfied with our place of productivity. And we're not reaching for anything further. We're not reaching for anything more. We're not hearing the call. Our ears are plugged and we say, Oh, surely you're talking to someone else, preacher. You're not talking to me. But I'm telling you today, God has got your number. And He's calling today. And we remain spiritually paralyzed. Stuck in our spiritual productivity. Not wanting to do any more. We're, we're taxed to the max. Can't go any further. I can't give any more. We convince ourselves. I, I can't do any more. I can't labor any more. I can't make any greater commitments. I, I, I just, I, I'm doing everything I can. You have never done everything you can until you just quit and say, this is all I can do. Then that's all you can do. And I realize priorities. I realize our responsibilities. But I also realize the shortness of time. I also realize that Jesus is coming. 
Our days are few. Our time is short. And what we must do, we must do quickly. And God is calling. God is calling. Oftentimes we find ourselves spiritually stuck in the mud. The blind man was brought to Jesus. And Jesus spit on the ground. And He made a little mud cake. And He put it on the man's eyes. And He said, Go and wash. His excuses could have been, I can't see. I can't find the way. There is no one to lead me. And he would have remained stuck in the mud and never have received what Jesus Christ fully intended for him to have. His eyesight. He would have remained stuck in the mud. I'm going to tell you, God has already given you. He's already qualified you. He's already called you. He's already chosen you. He already wants to use you. But He's waiting on you to go wash the mud off your eyes. He's waiting on you to go to the pool and see it the way He sees it. And see your potential the way He sees your potential. He wants to use you. Praise God. You can be stuck in motion. I get so far and I'm stuck. A mutual friend, a great man of mine and Bishop Neal was Brother Wayne Mitchell. He had palsy. The only man I've ever known to have palsy. And that's what they determined his disease was. He lost his ability to speak. The last time I saw him, the only words he was able to get out was Brother Fogarty. And he hugged me. I hugged him. And I watched him as he was endeavoring to eat his meal. And he, they, they placed the food in front of him. They had a protective garment around him. Was at a camp meeting in Illinois. And he was trying to eat his meal. And he could get his hand to his bowl and get the food on his spoon. And right about there, he would freeze. He would look at it, but he could not move his hand to his mouth. Palsy. Stuck in motion. Stuck in the mud. Something greater right down the road. Something greater just a few steps away, but stuck. We have to reach a point in our lives that we become sick 
of the palsy. Until I get sick of the palsy, until I get sick of the insensitivity, until I get sick of the stuck in motion, until I get to wanting my deliverance, it will not come. It will not happen. I will go no further until I want to go further. I've got to want it more than life itself. I've got to desire the things of God more than my daily bread. I've got to want it more. I've got to hunger for it. I've got to thirst for it. But I shall be filled if I hunger and if I thirst. Ten times out of the twelve times in the Bible that the phrase is used, sick of the palsy. The word palsy is used and this disease is referred to. And out of those twelve times, each time, ten of those times, the words connected, not just palsy, but sick of the palsy. Is that important? Is that significant? Probably. Specifically chosen. I'm here to declare unto you today that until you are sick of the palsy, there is no cure. You have been stuck in your situation long enough. You have been hung up by your hang-ups long enough. You have been bound by your bindings long enough. You have been tied down by your tearings long enough. You have been held back by what is holding you long enough. Your situation can be described like this. I get so far and then I freeze. I can't seem to break through. I can't seem to get beyond this certain level of spiritual freedom and spiritual victory in my life. I, I climb so far up the mountain and then I'm out of breath. I'm exhausted. I just can't seem to go any further. I, I get so far and I hit a wall and I can't seem to break through. I get so far and it seems that all hope is lost. I, I just can't push beyond. I just can't go any further. I'm telling you, today is a day that you can become sick of the palsy. You're like a dog who is chained. And that dog is an angry dog. And he runs and he lunges at the end of that chain. He runs just to he'll go all the way to the other end. 
And he will run past the post that is holding him from that extension of the chain and run all the way to the other side. And when he gets to the end of the chain, the chain jerks him back because he can't go any further. He can't seem to break free. I get so far like I hit a lid, like a bee in a jar. He can see the whole world, but he can't get beyond the glass. Like a bird turned loose in the house, they fly into every window. They can see where they want to go, but there's a glass that separates them from where they are to where they want to be in God. I am convinced In this service this morning, this house is full of people that want to be. You want to be used of God. You want to be fulfilled in your walk with God. You want to see and just uh, you can only imagine what God wants to do with your life. And your desires are right. Your desires are pure. Your motives are pure. Your motives are right. But you get so far and you just... Freeze up. You, you, you can't seem to get beyond the wall. You run into the glass trying to reach the all outdoors. I'm asking this morning, are you sick of the palsy? Do you want it to be different? How would you like to get out of that jar this morning? How would you like for Jesus to raise the window? And the next time you fly towards that window, you just go right through the wall. And you step out into everything that God's got for you. Some of you are feeling it this morning. God's wanting to take you higher. God's wanting to take you deeper, 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 deeper. Higher, higher, higher. God wants to broaden your your perspective. God wants to broaden your your territory. God oh hallelujah. He told Abraham, I'm going to give you all of this, but it's everything that the sole of your foot touches. You've got to walk the length and the breadth of it. I'm going to give it to you. I promise it to you, but you've got to walk it. You've got to take the steps. I've got it for you. How would you like to just this one time, like never before, you stand in this altar this morning and you reach. And as you reach and you begin to stretch yourself, all of a sudden you stretch beyond where you've ever been before because you are sick of the paralysis. You are sick of what's holding you back. You're sick of what's tying you down. And you reach into new freedom and into new victory and into a new dimension you've never been in before. And you want to go. I I, I know. God knows your heart. You want to go. But are you sick of what's holding you back? How would it feel this morning 
if like you've done many other times, you start at this end of the chain and you run with everything within you past the post that has held you for so long and you run and you lunge at the other end of the chain and all of a sudden you realize there's no chain holding me. I'm free to dance. I'm free to shout. I'm free to speak in tongues. I'm free to grow in God. And you have the victory that you've longed for. You've heard people speak about. You, you find real freedom. You find real joy. You find real happiness and real fulfillment. I want to tell you today, it starts with a knot right here in your stomach that says, I'm getting sick of this palsy. I'm getting sick of what has held me back. And I, I, I feel Him calling me. I feel Him, Him reaching for me like He has not reached for me before. I, I feel victory just around the next corner. I, I sense something. I wonder this morning how many will step out and say, you know, I may not know the way. I may not can see the pool. I, I, I may need somebody to lead me, but, but I have got to get there and get this mud off my eyes because I, I've got to have, I must have the victory that He has for me. I must have the total step of what He wants to do in my life. Would you stand with me right now? Praise God. Oh, come on, let's pray just a minute here. God, I need You. I need You, Jesus. I need You, Jesus. I can't do this without You, Lord. I've got to have. I must have. It must change from this day forward. Oh, praise God. It's got to be different from today forward. Oh, God, I, I want to be what You want me to be. I want to hear Your call clear today. I want to be what You want me to be. I want to hear. I want to, I want to respond. I, I want to go where You want me to go today. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hila masatarabosika tarabosandara bahaya. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.